scripture I'm using is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Even, therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Remember that now. Daily renewal. This is for everybody. Now, for you senior adults, and you that are not senior adults, you will be one and enjoy it if you live long enough. I want to begin with some hopeful statistics for you. 80% of 55 and older will live and die living independently at home, 80%. Only 5% of 55 and older will live in a nursing home. 5%. Only half of this 5% live there because of aging. Half are there simply because they outlived everyone and there is no one left at home to take care of them. They live so long that at the funeral they don't have anybody. 69% over 65 say their health is excellent. 85% say they are functionally healthy. Only 15% are unhealthy. And it's due to the effects of their former lifestyles, not due to aging. Nearly all health problems are preventable and curable at this age. They respond to proper diet and exercise and avoiding excessive eating. Only 10% experience some form of senility of varying degrees and this is not due to aging but due to more more to malnutrition a tumor drug use or abuse depression boredom lack of hope or not using the mind you have to exercise that mind folks i have become a crossword expert new york times i buy their thick books and also I have become an expert at jigsaw puzzles. Amen. Everybody loves Pastor Heron, raise your hand. The only thing that changes mentally as you grow older, get this, is it takes you longer to process information. It takes you longer. Why? Because there's more information to process. You have built up years in that computer, and it takes a while for it to warm up. Only 13%, and I love this, of 65 and older said they were lonely. 65%. 13%. 13 of them say they're lonely. 65% of young people say they're lonely. 52% more. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 10. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise and tents with Isaac and Jacob, for he looked for the city whose builder and maker is God. Abraham embraced, notice this, a new life, a new purpose, a new vision, and a new hope at 75 years old.
Old age to him was a new challenge, not a disaster. The future was filled with faith, not dependent on fate. You see, he was growing, and that's important. Point number one, Abraham wasn't growing olding, wasn't grow olding. He was growing new. A growing plant adds newness, new roots, new branches, new leaves, new flowers. When you grow, you keep adding something new. But we aren't plants adding leaves and flowers. Then what kind of newness can we bring out each day? In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 24, the Apostle Paul wrote about putting off the old man and putting on the new man. No matter what our age, we can all find areas in our lives where there's room for growth. Folks, we must never quit growing. We may need to be more patient with family members or coworkers. We may need to be less self-centered. We may need to be more honest, more willing to see and correct our faults. Abraham left the old land, the old, and struck out for the new. Spiritual growth has a definite effect on the way we view aging. View aging through spiritual lens and you grow in character and learn to know God better. You may even stop thinking of yourself as growing old. You're actually, hear me now, growing new. Discover the joy of finding out the future leads not to declining years, but to becoming more like Jesus. Amen. More like Jesus. My grandmother, Noah Rittenhouse, from Brunswick, Georgia, where I was born. She was a charter member of the Church of God there. At her funeral, after the funeral, my wife, Chanel, said to me, Robert, your grandmother didn't die. She just sweetened away. Isn't that beautiful? And I thought, oh, God, help me as I grow older. Not to be ugly and cantankerous, but to be sweet. Amen? Everybody would like to be old and sweet rather than old and cantankerous. Raise your hand. Folks, there's some old cantankerous folks out there, but there are also some sweet ones. Let's join that crowd. Point number two. Abraham wasn't numbering the days in his life. He was counting the life in his days. Now, you can just sit down and count your days. Hey, man, I'm dying. It's all over. Or you can get up and get with it. We retired a little over two years ago, it, I, and I had been preaching at that time 60 and a half years full time. We moved to Cleveland, Tennessee, almost came here. It was, it was between Augusta and Cleveland. We came here twice trying to, does God want us here? Now I want to tell you, we love Augusta. And if we had moved to Augusta, we could be happy here. This is, would have been our church right here. We'd already decided that. Because we couldn't find a better pastor anywhere. Well, 
we moved to, to Cleveland, and I, the first thing we did in, in our new home, we ordered two chairs. And I always forget the name of them. Recliners. I forgot that you know the names of them. I can't hear it. But anyway, we ordered those chairs, and I had to have them made. It took several weeks to make them. And folks, I'm going to be honest with you. I sat in that chair and did nothing for a year. I did not know how spent I was, how exhausted I was, how totally tired I was. Because all I had done for 60 and a half years was give. Was give and I loved it. I loved it. I, I could hardly walk when I got there. I was, I was, I was in terrible condition. Didn't even know it till I got there. And I rested for one year. And then I got rejuvenated. Went to church one day and was coming home. And I said to Lisa, I said, Lisa, you know what? I said, I've spent my life giving and I loved it. I said, and I'm not, not doing a cotton picking thing right now. I'm not giving. I've got to do something. So we started back preaching again. And thank God for men like Rich Bowen that will let us do that. But I said, I have got to start ministering again. And folks, you don't know how good it feels to be at the New Hope Church this morning talking to you about Jesus and about that we can't quit, we can't stop, we have too much to do, we have too much to give, and we can't stop just because of age. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Abraham wasn't numbering the days in his life. He was counting the life in his days. You see, we're prime timers. We were here before the pill, before the population explosion and disposable diapers. We were here before Ann Landers or Grandma Moses and the Kinsey Report. We were here before facelifts and tummy tucks and liposuction and hair transplants. We were here before sex changes, before Viagra. We had, you know, we thought cleavage was something butchers did. <laughs> we were here before computers. A mouse pad was where the mouse hung out. Log on was to add wood to the fireplace. Hardware meant hard where? And software wasn't even a word. A hard drive was a long, grueling journey. A CD was something you invested in. Windows were for looking through. A virus was a flu bug that people caught. We were here before vitamins, before Jeeps, Cheerios, instant coffee, decaffeinated anything, light, L-I-T-E, anything, and McDonald's. We thought fast food was what you ate before Lent. We thought VCR, CIA, NATO, UFO, GNP, MBA, BMW, NFL, PSA, and ATM meant alphabet soup. <laughs> now, if you want to keep in touch, just email me. 
or send me a fax. Leave me a message on my answer machine or call me on my cell phone. If I don't answer, tell my voicemail you called. After the beep, just leave your name, number, and a brief message, and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Now, if you need me in a hurry, text me. I learned that from the youth. If all else fails, come over to my house. Take a seat in that Georgia Bulldog rocking chair on my front porch. And we'll visit the old-fashioned way. You remember that? Face-to-face -face in person. Wow. Now, that would be innovative in this day and time. You see, age is a number. It's a changing list of digit, digits. Age is unimportant as long as you're being renewed daily by the Spirit of God. We need to ask ourselves not how many years we've lived, but what quality our life has exhibited. Some people seem to be able to live and produce more in one year than others do in a lifetime. The quality of life can't be measured by the number of years we've lived. Some brag about hitting 70 or 80 who have never hit anything in their life except a golf ball or a bottle. Living a certain number of years is nothing to brag about. What matters is how we've lived. <laughs> how you've lived. A few weeks ago, I was on Facebook and I looked and Dr. Brian Cutshaw, I don't know if you ever heard of him. He works with Perry Stone. Anybody of you ever heard of Perry Stone? My wife, Lisa, writes, they've started a college, and in one year's time, they got over 3,000 students enrolled. My wife, Lisa, writes curriculum for them. She wrote the Old Testament, New Testament introduction, and, and she's done some other works for them and continues to work for them. It's a great college, fully accredited. He interviewed a couple that he used to pastor in St. Louis. This is mind-boggling. These two old guys were sitting there, and Brian was interviewing them. One of them was 90 years old, and Brian said, Dr. Cutshaw said, this man is a prayer warrior. And said he's talking to the 90-year-old and letting him know he's praying for him. And the 93-year-old is about to start a new church. Wow. You're talking about productive. 93 years old and going to pioneer a new church. It's amazing. If you're growing, point number three, if you're growing, you can improve with age. Some call being elderly the declining years. You can improve with age. It all depends on how you're looking at life. I want to ask you a question. Would you buy a brand new car and fill the gas tank once, and when you run out of gas, give the car up, throw it away? Of course not. Yet some treat life exactly like that. Now, you young people that stood up here this morning and graduated from high school or college, listen to this pastor. 
Some people treat life exactly like that. Their education stops at 18 after high school or 22 after college. And that's supposed to do for the next 50 or 60 years. How sad to have no energy or fuel for what should be the greatest years of our life on earth. How sad to see elderly people who have lost their spirit and do little more than eat or play bingo. Some consume excessive amounts of drugs or consign themselves to a shut-in existence. You can never outgrow your usefulness. You can never be too old to serve the Lord. You can never be too old. I want to tell you something. I had an, we had an experience last Sunday. We went to church at North Cleveland Church of God when my grandson's on staff. We hadn't seen him in a while and wanted to see him. Dr. Mark Williams, the pastor, used to be our general overseer, is the pastor. Never heard a greater preacher in my life. He got up to preach a sermon. And before he preached, he said, I want to do something this morning. We have a lot of needs here in the church, and I want us to pray for them. He said, I want a group of people to come that I have total confidence in their prayers, their knowledge, their service to God, their prayer lives. I want the retired ministers and their wives, he said, that are in this church to come and line up front. And it's a big church. He said, and line up across, and then I want you that have needs to come down and let them lay hands on you and pray. Pastor Bowen, they lined up from one end of that church to the other. Such an army of prayer warriors some of them walked on canes. Some of them with walkers. They had given their lives in the cause of Christ, but they knew how to pray. They knew how to lay hands on people, and God would heal them. And I thought, oh, Lord, there's no place to ever quit. There's no place to ever stop. God, help us. There's a, a reservoir of power and knowledge and understanding and gifting, and we must not stop with it. No matter what our age is, we must show the young people that there is fire, there is fire, and there is giftings, and there is a power of God that resides in us to make a difference in this world. Now, you'll have to excuse me for getting so excited. You can never outgrow your usefulness. Some say, I've served my years in the church. Now it's time for the younger ones. They're actually saying they've outlived their usefulness to God. But nothing could be further from the truth. God called Abraham for a unique mission at 75 years of age. He called Moses at 80 years I retired from the church I was pastoring it when I was 80, two years ago. I sat with my board. I, I, I had, it took me over four years to retire. It's taken your pastor a little longer than that. I've talked with him. I sat with that board, and they would say, Pastor, why are you tired? Said, so you can stay here as long as you want to stay. 
But I retired because I knew it was time. But folks, that doesn't mean you stop ministering. Once this body rested, once this soul rested, once this mind rested, I said, God, I can't sit here. I can't sit here and die. When you've blessed me all of these years, thanks be unto God forevermore. And right after we got there, one of our great pastors in the Church of God in Mobile, Alabama, they called me and said, we'd like for you and Lisa to come preach our senior adult camp meeting. Now, they have a camp meeting for senior adults every year. And it was wonderful. They were retired. And the first thing I said to them when we met that morning, they would meet in the mornings and then have lunch afterwards there at the church. I thought, what a unique idea. I wish I'd thought of that where I pastored. I would have done that every year. And the first thing I did when I got up to speak, when we got up to speak, I said, I want to tell you something. I thank God for you. I said, what a lot of people don't understand and a lot of people don't know you're the ones that pay the bills in this church. And they applauded. I said, you're the ones that's already made yours. You're out of debt. You got money to give, and you do it. I said, these young people, their credit cards are full. It's hard for them. I want to tell you something. We need the children, and we need the youth and we need the middle adults, and we need the old geysers. It, we need all of us. The body of Christ is one. There is not a children's church and a youth church and a middle-aged church and a senior church. There is one church. There's one body, and it's all of us, and we make up the church of the living God. Hallelujah. And I'm coming to a close quickly here. I know you've heard that before, but it's truth. Moses was 80. God used him to lead the people out of Egypt through the wilderness until Moses was well over 100. Don't say you're too old to serve God. You're never too old. Think of it this way. Within each of us is a child wanting to serve. Don't lose touch with the child within you. I don't know how you feel, but I think all of us older folks feel that way. I still feel like that little boy from South Georgia inside. I was born and grew up in Brunswick, Georgia. A runt. I was a runt of a kid. I had bright red hair and one freckle that covered my whole face. That's the truth. Walking to school one day and boy making fun of me. A boy's saying, what happened to your face? I said, well, I swallowed a quarter and it broke out in pennies. <laughs> Amen. Don't say you're too old to serve God. You're never too old. In Christ, we are improving with age. And I close with this illustration. A young golfer began his career with a great deal of excitement. He didn't have the money to go, but some of his friends got together and paid his way so he could go play in the Australian Open golf tournament. They arranged for him to stay with the rancher. The rancher began showing him around the old home place. 
They went into a barn. And the golfer noticed an old set of golf clubs in the back of the barn. They were discarded and old, covered with dust and cobwebs. Like a golfer will do, this young golfer reached in the bag and pulled out a club. The old putter had seen his days. He said, hey, this feels pretty good. But the rancher said, the old putter has seen his days. It's no good. You can have it if you want it, he said. So the golfer put it in his bag and forgot it. Next day, on the first green, his caddy accidentally pulled out the old putter and handed it to the golfer. It was a difficult putt, but he decided to use that old putter. He sank that putt and another and another and won the Australian Open. Then he won the British Open and many tournaments with that old putter. He named that putter Calamity Jane. The golfer's name was Bobby Jones. You ever heard of him? You better hear in the Masters Golf Tournament. You better heard of Bobby Jones. And today you might feel like that old putter, old and discarded. But you let the master get a grip on you, and you'll be thrilled with how much he can do through you. Amen. Would you stand, please? I know this has not been a shouting message. But I hope it's pierced your heart. And I prayed and prayed, God, how, sh how should I give an altar call? How should I do it? And this is what I felt like the Lord wanted to do. How many of you that are considered senior adults want to be used of God prayer warriors people that witness you know God can use us all I have one brother he's in heaven There were four of us children, two boys and two girls. One of the girls and my brother in heaven. But my brother didn't serve the Lord, and my dad prayed for him. I mean, he prayed, he prayed, he prayed every day for my brother to get saved. We couldn't even get him in church after he got grown. While I was building the church here at Fleming, I went to a place called Blanton's Grove and preached a revival. Worked on that church in the daytime, got in my Volkswagen and drove all the way to Blanton's Grove and preached and turned around and drive back home. The first night we had that revival, my brother came. I mean, that's back in, that was in the 70s, back in the days when you had revival. They couldn't get them in the church. They were parked in the ditches and everywhere. The Spirit of God was moving mighty. My brother came. 
He had never heard me preach, and I had been preaching for a number of years. But that first night, he came to the altar and gave his heart to Jesus. Never quit praying. You got people in your family, never quit praying for them. Never quit praying for them. I went to the altar, and he was weeping like a baby. And he said, he said Robert, the only thing, I wish Daddy was here. I said, Rob, I said, Willis, I don't understand heaven. I don't understand all about it. I said, but Daddy sent up tears, and he sent up prayers for years for you. And God tonight just poured them out. I said, somehow I've got to believe Daddy knows it. Now what's going to happen? My brother became a preacher. And he preached in all the churches around Jessup, Georgia. He worked at a place called Rainier Mill, the cotton the, the mill there. He built up such an influence that some of the leaders in that place would die and he would preach the funerals. He had a young married Sunday school class. Any of you remember when we had Sunday school? He had a Sunday school class. He had 80 young adults in his Sunday school class. He turned into the greatest one-on-one witnesser that I've ever known in my life. God's just looking for availability. If you're classed in the senior adults today and you really want God to use your life, would you come at the altar and join me tonight? I want to have prayer together today. If you just step out where you are and come to the altar, I want us to pray. God, never stop using me. I'm available, Lord. I'm available, Lord. Thank God in that early service they filled this place up. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. God, never stop using me. God, bless this pastor of our senior adults. Continue to use him, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Eddie and Carolyn, what a joy to see you standing here. Thanks be unto God who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Never stop. You'll never get too old for God to use you. Someone came up to me um, a gentleman after church this morning and he said this was for me that's worth it I'm telling you at the age of 82 if I can start over so can you Vicki what a legacy. What a good man God gave you. What a great pastor God has blessed you with. The very epitome of faithfulness is your pastor. I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, that name which is above every name, 
And God, you called Abraham at the age of 75, and you called Moses at the age of 80. And look what a marvelous and powerful work they did. And you call us today, if we'll but listen to you. Look at me for just a moment. I called J.D. Woodside, Angie's husband. He's like a son to me. I called him last this past week. And I said, J.D., in our conversation, I said, J.D., there's nothing like being obedient to God. You don't know how it's going to happen. You don't know how God's going to provide you're taking a wife and four children to a foreign country. But all six of them agreed together. The four children. I wept as he told me. He sat at the dinner table three weeks ago. And he told them, he and Angie told the kids, said this is what mother and dad feels like we should do. How do you feel about it? He said, he still calls me pastor. He said, pastor, they talk like four adults. They ask questions. He said, and after we'd finished talking, said the two small ones, two little boys, said, we're ready to go. We want to go to Cambodia. But the older two, the girl and the older boy, who's 12, they didn't say anything about it. But the next morning, he said, the little girl, he said, I was sitting in my chair and she came and got in my lap. and said, Daddy, I want to move to Cambodia. And then the older walked in, 12 years old, and he said, Dad, he didn't know his sister had been down. He said, Dad, I've been thinking about it and I want to move to Cambodia. I said, now, J.D., you don't know how God's going to provide, but I can tell you this. When you said yes, then God's going to do the rest. He's going to provide for you. He's going to meet your needs. He's going to bless you. And I know, listen, I know that boy. He's a swirling dervish. He's a ball of energy. Wow. He is a ball of energy and can preach. My Lord, that guy can preach. What are you saying? I'm saying all we got to say is yes. And God will do the rest. I saw it at Fleming. I've seen it throughout my ministry. I, I don't want to hold you up. What, what time is it? Oh, my goodness. Father, bless these wonderful people. Again, you know each one of us, our hearts, use them. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you. Thank you. I am blessed to speak to these people. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.